0: Texas Business Minds, a presentation of the Texas Business Journals, brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. In this episode, San Antonio Business Journal Managing Editor Ed Arnold welcomes SWBC co-founders and childhood friends Charlie Amato and Gary Dudley. The dynamic duo join us for an entertaining and insightful conversation about the growth and success of the financial services company they founded in the 1970s.
1: You know, you guys are probably the most recognizable and iconic business duo in San Antonio, that's for sure. And uh, nearly 45 years since you started the business, but you certainly have known each other a heck of a lot longer. So for folks that haven't heard your story before, would you Mind telling us about when you two first met?
2: Well, we met basically, uh, my parents moved from Texas City to LaPorte, Texas, when I was in the sixth grade. So I met Gary, and uh, he was a year older than me. not a year older, right ahead of me. So we met in LaPorte, Texas, when, when I was, I guess, 12 years old. Yeah. Then after my parents moved back to Texas City after two years, I lost touch with him. And then he was at Sam Houston State. I ended up going to Sam Houston State, which just won the national championship, by the way. saw that. football. And uh, so was going through Fraternity Rush, and I ran into Gary at, at the Sig Ep House going through I'll Rush.
1: How big. And that's when we got reacquainted. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously, y'all had been friends and acquaintances throughout the years. But what was it that made you two feel like you could start a business together? Well, Gary, I was in
2: banking out of school. Gary uh, sold insurance for a company out of Battle Creek, Michigan, but he was based in Houston. And uh, back in those days, bankers, community banks were owned by families and whatever. So if you didn't have the right last name, you could only go so far in that banking group. So I worked at Harlingen National Bank. I went to Houston for a, a CIGF party. Right, Gary? Yeah. And Gary... Yeah. I was sort of a politician in college, and Gary said, you know, you need to get out of banking and get into sales. And here's what I do, so Gary explained to me what he did for a living, and he talked me into interviewing with his company, and the rest is history. We both went to work for this. Charlie went join joined the company that I was working with
3: out of Michigan, and a couple of years down the road, we determined that that company wasn't the kind of company we wanted to work for. That they treated their employees substandardly and they treated our clients equal to that and so we built our company together we resigned one weekend and started our company the next week and uh, and our whole mission was to do the opposite of what they did
1: <laughs> well you had a good blueprint for success it sounds yeah, like that. And and it just was, do the opposite we decided
3: that we would hire people smarter than us and we found that easy to do <laughs> And, uh, and, and not only that, but we decided we'd treat them like, like uh, partners with a lot of respect and dignity yeah. and, uh, and treat our clients the same way. And it's worked out really nice for us. We had our 45th company anniversary on April Fool's Day, which is apropos. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: love it. Well, well only a few years after you started the business in 76, yeah. y'all decided to move down. To San Antonio from Dallas, right? What what prompted the move? We formed an insurance company with the OGECU Credit Union, a life
2: insurance company that's regulated by the state of Texas. And at that point in time, Gary, what year was that? At that point in time, I, yeah, that was that was in 1980. That was our largest investment. So we decided to, we probably ought to get under one roof to watch over that investment and try to grow that company. We had a gotcha. third partner at the time. He decided at the last minute he wasn't gonna to move to San Antonio, he was in Dallas. So we bought him out immediately. Gotcha. And so gotcha. we started growing that company and then we diversified another other products and services through the years.
1: Well, that's that's actually what I was going to talk about next. I think you've got a, about 11 different product divisions now, if I'm counting correctly. So, is that 14? I see I see Lisa correcting me the way she's supposed to. But, yeah, 14 divisions now, correct. So how, you know, and, and I've looked at the timeline on your website to try to get an idea. It seems like you added a new product division nearly every two years consistently throughout that meaty part of, of, say, around the you know 20 years ago till about the last few years. Each one of those had to have been its own unique decision, I would imagine, for you. But is there some universal criteria that came with evaluating whether you'd go forward and making a new division or establishing a new division or acquiring one, depending on how it all went
2: Yeah,
3: I had most of those divisions were started as a suggestion from our client base at that time. That's right. And Excellent. they would say, are you into mortgage lending? And we'd say, no, we're not. Are you into mortgage insurance? Are you into this part? Are you into this? And we would say, no, but we'll check on it. And we ended up forming those divisions. And uh, as as a result, it had an instant client base.
2: Yeah, the one thing we wanted, though, Gary and I wanted the new divisions to complement the existing divisions. That's why we've ended up basically in financial service business in, in general.
3: It was real natural, it sounds like. Yeah, We had a basic philosophy that we needed to be successful. We needed to be diversified geographically and product-wise. Right, right. Uh, and, and as a result of that, we're in all 50 states today and do business in Bermuda and London and, and other parts of the, of the country. Yeah, yeah.
2: We were advised by a mentor of ours that worked for the Texas Insurance Department. He told Gary and I early on, he said, things are consolidating so rapidly in today's world he said either make a decision to get big or get out. Good and advice. so every division we started, we took those divisions seriously and we wanted to grow those divisions. And uh, gotcha. we never thought we'd be as big as we are today. We had no
1: idea. Did it, right, right. It's a multiplier effect, I guess. Right, right. And it seems like it's from the same philosophy that that helped y'all start the business, which is listen to the customers and let them guide you the right way. And, and it sounds like that as you... You know, added those divisions, you got bigger and bigger and bigger, but it felt very organic the whole time. Is you that
2: know, right? one thing that Gary and I were fortunate in, you know, most big public companies have board of directors. Right. Gary and I are privately held. Right. Our clients who really care for us are basically are board of directors. They right. don't own any right. stock in SWBC, but they're great advisors and and they want us to be successful.
1: Well, that's an interesting thing to follow up with. You know, I see it all the time. The number of companies these days that race to go public, that it's almost as if there's an attempt to see how quickly they could go public. And, and did you all ever feel the temptation to try to go for an IPO or did it just feel right to you to stay as you were?
3: Gary, you go ahead. Well, uh, we've been, we've been approached. We're approached every year and multiple times during the year by different companies that advise Charlie and I to go public. And we've hesitated and uh, we've hesitated doing that. And and the biggest reason is, is that, that uh, we feel like we are the board of directors and we can make a decision on it. We can turn on a dime, if you will. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, when our clients want something, they know they can approach Charlie and I and, uh, and get a, an instant answer, a relatively yeah.
2: instant. Waterhouse told our CFO two weeks ago that if Gary and I ever wanted to go public, this was the time to go public because our operations are in excellent shape. Our revenues are in excellent shape. Uh, so we've done really well. We we grew dramatically. All the divisions grew, but primarily our mortgage banking operation grew the largest last year, the last two years. Right. And um, because we're privately hell, I guess I'll tell you this, I guess we should Print it, put it in print because uh, we will. Uh, it's good for business. But our assets by the end of the year exceeded one point four billion dollars. Wow! What being a privately held, and that's why Price house because our operations are in tremendous shape. Gary has spent more time on that than I have, and mm-hmm. he really likes the operational side of it. And uh, in We've cleaned everything up. that was broken, we thought, and but then our revenue jumped up dramatically. And so we basically grew $500 million last
3: year, didn't we? And we had a, we had a banner year last year. Uh, and it, some of it, very little of it was by accident. Yeah. Uh, it was right. well planned. We have a, a committee that does like disaster recovery. They've been working for four years. And when uh, the pandemic hit, we uh, – We sent all of our employees home effectively, uh, almost instantly during that time. And uh, 2,400 employees, almost all of us went home. Uh, Charlie and I couldn't stand being at home, so we came back after about three weeks. (laughs) And uh, and a lot of the the key employees. Direct reports. Yeah, direct reports came back, and uh, we're probably, what, 30%
2: today. Yeah, we're 30% today. We plan to be back 100%. The people that we want to bring back, we plan to have all, everyone back by July 1st. Mm,
1: gotcha. Gotcha. Well, how many of your folks, and it may be 100%, but I, we certainly are thinking about this You know, in the newsroom, is how many of us want to come back full-time or have a hybrid sort of system? What's that look like for your employee footprint right now?
3: I, I mean, this is a little bit guesswork, but we think... sure. We think that eventually when the smoke clears and everything's back to normal or as back to normal as it can be, we think we're gonna have at least 80%, I'm guessing, back to work. Uh, in some cases, uh, Charlie and I, had, had, we did learn a little bit here in that it opened up our hiring ability to hire people that are in different areas of the country uh, that specialize in different aspects of our work uh, that we could hire like we hired a lady in Houston a uh, very important
2: part of our company.
3: And she's going she to...
2: We hired her for the PEO. Yes. But she worked for the Houston Rockets. So okay. we hired her from the Houston Rockets. So she <laughs> worked from home. She's a CFO type. And she's a payroll yeah. specialist. Yeah. She's a payroll specialist. And, you know, prior of the pandemic, we would not have done that. Gotcha. So,
3: you yeah. know, there's some good that have come out of this horrible mess that the country's been in. and uh, And so we're trying to use it as a learning experience, Charlie and I are kind of old school and that we believe, I think neither one of us enjoyed working from home for yeah. many years uh, before we formed this company. And we like to have our eyes on people. That's right. When we do a team's call, we make everybody turn their cameras on. So at least we can't look at them and touch them, but we can look at each other's faces and, and communicate more just like you're doing for us today. And we appreciate that.
1: Yeah. Oh, and no problem at all.
2: And we're making decisions. Gary and I like to be with them. If we can see yeah. if they're sweating We're not making the wrong decision, or they're they're not—they're nervous about something. We call (laughs) that we call that perspiration. (laughs) I love it. it. We want to see the look in their eyes, and we want to see it. And we want to see the look in our eyes. Yeah.
1: That's right. That's right. Well, you know, it's interesting. I feel sort of the same way in in that I I much prefer to be in person if possible. I try to see, I love seeing everybody's face. I'd like, I'd rather be in the room with you if I can be in the room with you. Um, but I definitely have employees and I've definitely seen employees who've been more productive because they don't have their commute that saps the day out of them, or, you know, they don't have, um, they don't have to worry about being with their kids after school. Certainly one of the things I've enjoyed the most is that I've been able to pick up my daughter from school every day and, and have a little, bit of time with her in the afternoon. That's given me a lot of joy and something I couldn't oh, before, you know? So I think there's some, like, like Gary said, there's some really good lessons that we can take from it. And then we can, we can sort of meld these worlds together, but it is fascinating to think about how you have to think about, I'm, I'm trying to think about it with the staff of seven. I, I'm trying to think about that with 2,400 plus people, you know, that's got to be, you really do have to trust your managers and your employees all the way down the line to like make the best decision for them, don't you?
2: exactly and we and we have learned from hr that people now who are interviewing for jobs here we had over 100 openings what last month and we're hiring and there are actually people now that are interviewing that actually their number one requested to work from home so it's right. extending out in right. today in today's employee pool that's why the governor yesterday decided to quit paying pay unemployment Did you read that in the paper? I did
0: see that. Yeah, I did see that. We can't get, we can't find people. We can't, it's hard to find. SWBC's Charlie Amato and Gary Dudley joining us. In our next segment, they share how the pandemic has changed their search for talent when Texas Business Minds continues. At Texas Mutual, we know safety keeps good workers on their toes. That's why we're proud to be on the job with policyholder Texas Ballet Theater. Learn more about our safety focused workers comp at texasmutual.com slash on the job. Continuing our conversation on Texas Business Minds as SWBC co-founders Charlie Amato and Gary Dudley Join San Antonio Business Journal managing editor Ed Arnold.
1: Well, we always talk about how difficult it is to find the right folks, and if the if that if the boundary no longer includes city limits or the county limits, or willing to move here, you, you certainly can open that talent pool up a whole lot. And there's there is some value in seeing that out there, whether or not it's fully sustainable all the time, or if that's the kind of thing you can do for a lot of employees. It's, it's tough to say. I think I, I'm in the same boat with you that I. I think we're all just going to have to. All businesses of all kinds are going to have to figure it out piece by piece by piece, and it's going to be a long process of putting it back together. Uh, but I'm glad to see it starting. It's good to see you two in a conference room. Yeah, yeah, we're here. We're here. We've been here for a while. <laughs> you two up there in the catbird seat by yourself in that empty building—that's it.
3: Yeah, you know, I might add something too. Add that that. Uh, fortunately for Charlie and I, we have associated ourselves with some really, really top-notch class people. Uh, intelligent people. Yeah, intelligent. And, 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 you know, you you talk to Lisa Pinto a lot with our company. And, and of course, Lisa's right up there with them in the, in the top-notch caliber. And uh, a lot of the CEOs of the different divisions that we have have the same philosophy that Charlie and I do. And, uh, and it's been a real pleasant experience watching them grow and watching them uh, add the kind of people that they are. To their staff so we've been uh, we've
1: been very blessed in that arena in that area so yeah absolutely i you know being a company that obviously it's not entirely a business is is some of it is individual but a lot of it's business to business stuff and and helping businesses I suspect that they turned to you all last year in ways that you'd never asked or, or been asked before to help with. Uh, I mean, with the pandemic and the way that people had to furlough employees quickly and how they would manage their payroll and how they would get through all the other struggles that businesses went through last year. I imagine that your clients looked to, to you all more than they had maybe in a long part of their relationship. With, with that question, you're absolutely correct. They
2: were asking us how many of our employees were showing up at the office because they were trying to make those same decisions in their various businesses, banks, credit unions, mortgage companies, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and we bounced a lot of ideas off each other, you know, on the telephone yeah. and we gave them reports on COVID throughout the state of Texas, all sorts of statistics. So we want, we wanted to be a source of information and, uh, and that's how we could in that environment, how we could be a better business partner we could feed them more and more information on various issues, what we thought interest rates were going, you know, with with just more than COVID, what the housing market was like. We just wanted to be that source of information.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and yes, of course, with the, the with y'all being in mortgage lending and the residential market going just completely bonkers for the last 8-12 months, I, I suspect that you had more folks looking to you all to try to help them figure out what was they were supposed to do next than than ever before. Exactly. Uh, yeah, for sure. Well, exactly. I tell you what, uh,
3: Charlie sits on the board of the Fed, mm-hmm. uh, the Dallas Fed board. Sure. And uh, and so you know they lean on him for for kind of information that he might be able to share with them, and uh, we received. And we received, uh, I bet you, hundreds of notices from our financial institution customers and other customers that we have benefits with or uh, products in about the information that we comprise through Lisa Pinto and her team. Uh, We received lots of positive comments on, for instance, some of the clients said we receive information from many, many of our vendors or people that we do business with. And we kind of throw them aside, and we look at you because collectively, uh, you've given us more vital information that we could pass on to our employees and our cl- our client base, and that was a big help for us. That was a big pat on the
1: back uh, that we absolutely. that we saw. As yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, let me uh, ask just one last thing then, because I think we we've, we've done y'all y'all have just every pin I am set up, y'all just slap down as quick as I could stand it up there, but. You know, you two have a, a, a wonderfully successful partnership in business, and those are not always easy to find. Business partnerships sour quickly sometimes. I see it all the time, as you would imagine, in my line of work. What are some pieces of advice that you would give to some new business people who are forming a partnership with each other? What are some bits of, of foundational advice y'all might give for a
2: good well, partner? Gary Finish. Uh, number one, we're two different people. Okay, with with, and we're going to have different ideas. We're not always going to agree, and that's been a plus for us. You know, when you think about it, it's been a benefit. Why should you pay two salaries for one idea? Correct? Right. So it's good to disagree. And uh, we've had a heated argument over the years, several heated arguments over the years, but but there's nothing stronger than our friendship and the partnership, and at the end of the day, our goals are the same. We want to be successful. We want our people to be successful. But to say we agree on everything, we do not. But that doesn't mean he's wrong or I'm wrong or vice versa. Go ahead, Gary. You, I'm going to run and let Gary finish Ed, because the are right, waiting on me. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ed. I appreciate it. Thank you, Charlie. It's great to see. You. I
3: think it's, the secret is just what Charlie said that we, you know, one of the things that we've done this year that will help you answer that question. We formed an advisory board. We have six people on our advisory board that are CEOs of different divisions in the company. And and we also formed a, an innovation team. That was 10 people that are, are uh, parts. They vary in what, what divisions they work for and their skill sets. And we found that that to be a real positive thing for us, uh, the advisory board gives us advice on certain things. We're trying to include them in some decisions that Charlie and I historically have made on our own, and I think they appreciate that, and I think the company is going to be a better company for that. So, makes sense. You know, makes sense. And, and Charlie and I, we're, we're, it's 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 known to the company that we don't agree on everything, and so uh, we do our very best to come up with the right decision. Sometimes we. Look at each other and say, "Yeah, I was right; you were wrong." Uh, we try not to do that in public too much, but sometimes we do. And
1: the scoreboard back there, <laughs> yeah.
3: And it's been and it's been, uh, it's, been a, it's been a real good experience all these years. So absolutely.
1: Well, it has been in a lot of ways. I think it's inspirational because I, I see so many business partnerships that break up friendships and and end in just terrible circumstances. Um, and there's a sort of myth that that great businesses are built by sort of lone wolves or individual CEOs with great ideas and to see a real partnership, sustain and grow and be great and have your company continue for years and years to be, to be a source of pride for the city is, is really positive. And it's been great uh, to chat with you, Gary. And and I, I thank Lisa more than anything for taking the time, to go through everything and all the hoops that all four of us between me and Brian, and you two <laughs> threw up for her, And she jumped all of them.
3: And we really appreciate it. Well, you know, at is a, uh, is a valuable part of our company. Uh, She's also a Sam Houston State Bearcat, which Charlie brought up. We won the national championship <laughs> all this last weekend. So, uh, you know. we am surprised
1: the three of y'all didn't all come in with jerseys on. Yeah, well,
3: that
1: was yesterday.
3: Yeah, that was yesterday. <laughs> I so, anyway, we thank you, guys. You guys are not an important part of our city and the state of Texas. And we thank you for uh, for including us in this in this conversation. here. <laughs>
0: Thanks again to SWBC co-founders, Charlie Amato and Gary Dudley for joining us. And thank you for downloading Texas Business Minds presented by the Texas Business Journals and brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas.